This is Women's Tech Radio, a show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their woes and how they're successful in technology careers. I'm Paige. And I'm Angela. So Angela, today we're going to talk to Fiora the Tank Girl. She is a YouTube streamer and a semi-pro gamer, and we get into a whole bunch of discussions about games and YouTube and all sorts of fun stuff. And before we get into the interview, I just want to mention you can support Women's Tech Radio by going to patreon.com forward slash today. And we get started our first question by asking Fiora what she's up to in the world of technology today. So I am a, uh, I, I was a professional video game player. I'm now a semi-pro player and I am a video game, I guess media outlet is a good term, community contributor for some places. I have a couple of select video games that I do videos for in order to teach people about the game and offer advertisement. I also do reviews of various video games and I've recently become a um, leagues broadcaster for armored warfare i i am a video game enthusiast myself so what what genre of video games are you really into or do you have a specific game or what's what's your deal um so to start with i originally started with when i was like 17 i started doing counter-strike and call of duty and i got out of those because the community was very abrasive abrasive is a good is a good delicate term for it doesn't feel so delicate to me, but okay. <laughs> no, compared to what the community actually is, it's very delicate. Oh, I see. Yes. I, see. I, I, okay. I moved into World of Warcraft for a while, and again, the PvP community was very abrasive and not very constructive towards actually enjoying myself. People would find ways to say things to you that even when you had clearly soundly defeated them, that it felt like you had cheated or you had done something wrong by just simply beating them. So... I eventually moved into World of Tanks, and again, the community's not very good, but I, I come to expect this from online gaming, is that in an online game, um, the disinhibitation effect goes to an extreme point where people pretty much think there's no consequences. Mm-hmm. At this point, I do media cover- I, I do community contributions, which is where you make videos of uh, basically replays or reviews of vehicles for World of Tanks and Armored Warfare, the two mainstays of what go into my YouTube channel. I participated in the first season of the World of Tanks Gold League, and then I've participated in four silver seasons and one bronze season since then. So I've kind of moved down from the I'm getting paid to do this to I'm kind of getting paid to do this to I'm doing this because it's fun more so (laughs) than, you know, getting paid for it. Because at the pay for it level, you have to put in a lot of hours. I think I was doing... The gold, the the gold league season I participated in, we did 18 hours a week of team practice, plus a wow. mandatory additional eight hours of on your own play that you had to do per week, and you were only actually in a match for an hour a week. So you did 26 to 30 hours a week of practice for a one-hour game session, and you didn't actually make any money unless your team made it to the playoffs. Wow, that is a big time investment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna tag on the end. I was like, so, and I'm guessing you're not really getting paid for that in a way that you can support yourself. No, right? um, most World of Tanks players, they, the people who make money from from smaller esports games like World of Tanks and Armored Warfare, you actually make your money from YouTube and from Twitch and from uh, Patreon than you do from 
the game itself. Like this year, Eclipse won the North American Regional. The team gets to distribute $75,000 between 10 people. Simp got second place. They get to distribute $45,000 between 10 people. So at best, everyone walks home with $4,500 or $7,500. And it worked for three months to get that. Now, when they go to Poland in the, in, the, in the summer, if they get to the semifinals, they can each walk home with potentially another $7,000. But that's still not enough to really hold your head above water. Well, and then and you're paying to travel to Poland, right? And and you have to win. That is, that, that, that is the nice thing about uh, the way Wargaming has things set up is you're not paying. If you're going to one of the in-person tournaments like the regional or the uh, the world championship, you, every, you're all expenses paid. Oh, that's cool. Team yeah. of 10 is all expenses paid. They'll even try to arrange it so that the 10 of you on the actual flight um, will all get onto the same plane in the same uh, cabin area if possible. That is really cool. That's nice. That, yeah. That's really cool of them. But then your actual take home is just not enough to support yourself. So uh, I moved on to doing YouTube videos. At first, I thought, you know, maybe I'll do some good and, and, and make it where people don't, quote, suck as much. Because <laughs> I have seen, I, I still see it today. I, I see teams where um, the random public match system matches up two teams and the score at the end of the day is 15-0. Yeah, that seems like a pretty imbalanced match. I, I've come to accept that that's just a that's just something you have to live with. Is there's going to be times where you're just not going to do well, and none of your team is. But instead, it's moved more towards entertainment plus information. I want to show gameplay that's entertaining and compelling to watch, and at the same time, at the end of it, maybe have a little short two minutes where I explain how that gameplay was possible, and then go on from there. That is slowly developed into. I actually paid my rent last month with YouTube. Yay! Awesome. First time ever um, between the Patreon, the stream tip, and the ad revenue, I actually paid my rent. You don't have um, you you didn't provide your Patreon link. Would you like me to add that to the show notes? No, it's uh, it's it's linked okay. to all and it's in the description of all my videos and so ah. a uh, an annotation provided at the end of the videos. So if people are actually watching, sure. they can go straight to it. Great. So, I mean, you are a professional gamer. I mean, it, so many kids dream of that. I th and I think, uh, I mean, and growing up for me, at least, it's, which was a while ago, like I, I would want, would have wanted to do something like that. It sounds cool. But I, I knew very few other girls who were even at all into games. And um, which I think is changing. Actually, I do meet more women, more girls who are gamers, even if they're just casual gamers. Um, but like you yourself, uh, before the show, we were talking a little bit and you mentioned that y you were the only uh, female identified person in World of Tanks gold or where was that? Tell me, tell me that story. For North American region, I was the only female identified uh, World of Tanks player in any of the three leagues for the first year, the second year, the fourth year, and up until the fall season of last year in any of the three leagues, I was the only female identified gamer. Who was actually in the leagues according to um according to dance who runs the leagues and runs the demographics for the leagues so, so what do you think it is about especially competitive gaming like i definitely meet more women or girls who have done things like oh i played wow casually or something but like like i play league a bunch and i know like one other girl who plays league and i have a, a lot of league friends what was your question so like look like, why <laughs> why do we not why do we not participate in specifically competitive gaming? 
I think one of the things is as soon as you reveal you're a girl, people find um, it goes from the, the, the cries of hacks and bag and other stuff to imposter. You have to prove your gender. They find any little thing to attack you on. And then on top of that, there is the blatant um, rape jokes that get thrown around. Ugh. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah. and then when, you know, the in-person stuff, like when, when you're actually there, people act completely different than when they do on their, on their live stream or when somebody comes into, I had, I had somebody actually come into my live stream and declare, Ooh, you, it's a tranny. You should kill yourself on live stream for us. Wow. And I was just like, you're kidding. Right. So I, I went through the YouTube report system. Um, their channel got flat out taken down, but before their channel got taken down, they had a bunch of their subscribers come in and hit the dislike button on my live stream. Oh, so my live stream suddenly had 300 dislikes. That's not easily undoable. YouTube isn't the most cooperative that I've found. It was it was good they took down the channel where this person had blatantly attacked me, but there was no reversal of the damage that had right. done. Just nothing right. I knew about it. And then yep. every once in a while, I have somebody come into the live stream chat now, uh, and there's a bunch of people who just jump all over them, like no questions asked. It's just that's just how they are. They they refuse to let them do that, and I don't blame them. But at the same time, I see a potential issue where my moderators or the people in chat are coming back onto the people who are you know creating problems in a way that's not I, I can't endorse or say is okay. Right, it's a super delicate balance to try to find like you know because you don't want to become them, and at some point you do. Like trying to enforce that sort of stuff, like it's it's really hard as a community manager. Like it, it's frustrating. I actually had to remove someone's moderator privileges last week because they uh, were not technically they were doing their job, but then they were doing their job to a point where it wasn't okay. Yeah, we have that. We have an IRC channel, and we run into problems all the time. <laughs> It, it's so, I mean, the internet is so empowering in so many ways, um, but that, you know, like you were talking about earlier, you kind of have that moment where you're totally anonymous and there's no consequence. I had, uh, I did a review of a, of a game earlier this week called Onion Force, and it's absolutely terrible. Onion Force? Yeah. Huh. Sounds interesting. It's a, it's a mobile port. It's very clear it's a mobile port. They want, um, they want $12 for it on scene. Um, and... The controls barely work. Hmm. Jeez. The, 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 the game is is very, it's just absolutely terrible in its current state. I only played it for like 20 minutes before I just said, I, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to give them the, I'm going to give them the bl- brutally honest review of this and go on about my business. And someone came by and attacked me for only playing a, a game that only has an hour of content for 20 minutes. Hmm. It has five levels, each with varying difficulties. But that's it. It only has five levels, and each level lasts three minutes. All total, the game has about an hour of, of game time. And they attacked me for only playing 20 minutes. Hmm. So I played a third of the game, but apparently that's not enough to do a review. You know, people are always going to find something. It's, yeah. it's the worst part about people. Like they're all, you, It's so impossible to do everything right. Like, you can't. There, So there's always a chink in your armor. That and like, yeah, you really have to decide, do I respond or do I let it go? And engaging in people that, you know, this is what they set out to do. It just kind of, uh, it just blows up from there. 
I have actually found the best response I can give to people like that is um, YouTube has this feature called uh, hide user, hide channel from user. And it basically uh. all of their comments and they're just gone off your, they, they still count on your channel in terms of the number of comments for, you know, the search bar for YouTube. Huh. But interesting, they're gone. They can't leave any new comments. They can't hit the like or dislike button. Um, they can still watch your video and no one else can see them. That's fantastic. It's basically a block of that individual. And um, I can actually look right now. How many people have I actually had to use that on? <laughs> That's an interesting statistic. 187. Ooh, wow. I, I mean, honestly, that's a great feature. Like, I, I, I have I had this discussion with some friends last week because, you know, Facebook did that great. Yeah, this is back in time, of course, um, did that interesting thing where they updated the emojis on the like button like button yes. and everybody is like why didn't we get a dislike button da, da, da. and i'm like why would you want that right like yeah it's that when your friend posts a status where they're like i broke my toe like you don't want to like it of course but you know take a second and comment it's not a big deal like right don't be lazy but like i'm gonna post something like i just got a new job and like jerks in my life are gonna be like dislike right you know i don't want to i don't yeah. want to propagate that like, well yeah. you have a like dyslexia system people abuse it i actually don't go on the world of tanks forums because of the abuse of the like dislike system yeah vote up and down is is dangerous yep and karma and you know yeah everything uh, so I am curious, how do you get your name out there? How do you, what what kind of social medias do you use to get your channel more attention? Um, I have a, I have a Twitter account that I use. I only have 105 people who follow it out of the 2,500 people who watch my stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, Twitter and YouTube are very different. That is just, it is different people. Um, I, I use the games for the, the forums for the games that I review a lot. Ah. Um, when I do a review, I, I do what's called a brutally honest review. I'm going to give you my review as as absolutely hard honest as I possibly can about the content that you have given me. So you haven't been bought. Pretty much. <laughs> That's great. I, I've actually I was actually offered um, by two small small indie developers to do a paid review, and I told them no. I will still review your game, but you will not. But you will not hand me money for it. Right. Yeah. Because you don't want that limitation put on, on your review. You know, you'd feel bad giving potentially negative feedback this way. You're, you're free to give a legitimate review. And what some people don't know is that you're obligated now as an online person to report that sort of thing to your audience when you're reviewing, even if you just received the product for free, you have to report it. You, you, you have to report it. And so, uh, the two games in question were prospect and town of and the town of light. So I reviewed Prospect, and I lamb blasted it. Developer does not like me anymore. Ah, uh, well, of course not. Well, right? he didn't technically produce a game. He produced a mod for Half Life Two that you have to pay for. Oh. It was my big it, it was my first hang up with it. My second hang up with it was eight out of the nine features he promised in the game on the on the Steam store are not delivered. Oh, that's no good. The game started getting such negative reviews and such a high refund rate, he disabled reviews on the game. <laughs> yeah. The other one, The Town of Light, has actually turned into a, uh, a Let's Play on my YouTube channel because it's actually that good. Oh, so good. I went, you know what? I was looking for a new Let's Play that to tie me over until certain titles came out. I found one and was pleasantly surprised. 
I mean, that's what should be good about a review system, yeah. right? Like, is you are going to weed out the bad apples. Yeah, I was just going to say, though, like the dislike button would probably work in that situation for that game. <laughs> that was, you know, but yeah. Um, so are you not a Facebooker then? Uh, I do have a Facebook. Um, I, I, I actually um, decided a long time ago, I, I started to use a, a separate Facebook for the YouTube channel and my own uh-huh. Facebook and said, you know what? Screw that. No, but let's just. Worst case scenario, I get I get death threats and I get and I get people who are dicks. Um, so I, I put a lot of um, time into my into my actual YouTube profile to make sure what people could and could not see. Yeah. And then my actual YouTube profile is directly linked to a YouTube group called Fior called uh, Fior. It's Fior the Tank Girl. It's just it's just a YouTube group. There's 328 people in there, and I put. All of, I make sure all of my stuff goes on my main Facebook page and into this group every day after when I get up in the morning. Because um, what's kind of happened, which is kind of which is kind of interesting to me, is a lot of my followers are actually European. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I would even say are European at this point. At least the vast majority yeah. of ones I see in the comment section and in the chat during live streams. So my videos get released at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Because that's seven, eight, nine o'clock GMT. Right. So a lot. Of, so what I ends up happening is I release the videos then, and then the North American people check for it on Twitter and Facebook when I wake up in the morning because that's six, seven a.m. our time is when I post it to Facebook and Twitter, and that's when they get their uh, what they're looking for as a reminder that hey, this went out at like one a.m. I hope you guys didn't miss it. Right. So you're catching everybody when they should be working. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, we have a worldwide audience, you know, and uh, typically, regardless of what it is that I'm looking at, at least 40% are over over the, uh, what do they call it? Over the pond. Pond, yes. Thank you. Yes, over the pond. So I always, I find it interesting. And, and yeah, what is it about that? It's really, I don't know. It's really interesting to have such an international presence. We should we should get some of our international guests back on and, and talk yes. about the culture difference between international stuff. Do you have any idea, Fiora, like why is it maybe the genre of game that you're doing or like why the EU section of things is m- more prevalent for you? Well, the genre of game has something to do with it because um, we in the U.S. we don't have this big um, what would be considered quote tank culture where there's people who like go out and like to see tanks and stuff and then you go over to europe and for instance the bobbington tank museum in england has an event called tank fest in june and they have three million people show up to that wow the russian the the ukrainian and russian government have this co-event in kursk at the kursk tank museum and close to a million people show up to that there is a tank culture there and because of that because i do gain my my primary two games started off being war with and armored warfare there's a lot of people who over in europe are kind of tank culture enthusiasts it's also because in my opinion the european union is more is, is more interested in terms of internet personalities in the personality itself they don't care what you are or or, or where you're from they want to know about you as a person are you a, are you are you entertaining are you a fun person to listen to are you not a douchebag uh, which, as it turns out, is really helpful towards me because I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll take as many European subscribers as I can get. And the interesting thing with me was we were playing Cards Against Humanity. Uh, I do Cards Against Humanity with subscribers on Sunday night. 
and only one person in that entire ten person game was from the US and that was me. <laughs> I, had, I had two people from Canada, I had two Germans, I had a couple people from the Netherlands, and then I had a bunch of people from England. Nobody else in wow. that entire game was from the US. And I'm like, I feel slightly internationally alienated now. <laughs> As you try with a really horrible accent. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's really cool, though. Like, this this is the power of the internet, is truly that we have created a world. We are, hopefully, creating a worldwide community. Mm -hmm. So I... I I have, I'm sorry, it's going to be a longer question. I have a really interesting, so I've kind of always had this running debate and I've talked to a bunch of my guy friends who are gamers and they're always on the fence back and forth about this. But I feel like um, as much with pro sports, like pro physical sports, with esports, I think the thing that we're going to have to do to get more women in gaming is have a female league. Thoughts? No. No? What you're going to have to do is have women who are good at the game get together and make their own teams and their own stables. Because the thing with esports with e is um, it's not like well, you, you can't make your own league just for women um, like you're suggesting. Because technically, if we if we take into account the way we gender a person, esports is a level playing field. Your physical capabilities are almost non-relevant. It's entirely in your head. I totally agree with that. E even today... Um, I can still get on to Counter-Strike. I hate the Counter-Strike community. No offense to the Counter-Strike community, but you guys need to clean up your stuff and walk out with a 20-plus kill-death ratio because I've constantly been training on different video games with my reflexes, with my how I think about stuff, with how I uh, play chess and checkers at the same time, so to speak. My Twitch reflex hasn't degraded, and I've actually gotten better at the game. Yeah. I mean, on, on that level, I totally agree with you. I, I think that women are physically capable of doing all of the things that men are capable of doing for gaming. Like, there's no doubt about it. But I think that the cultural barrier is huge, just like unrealistically huge in a lot of ways. Um, and I think we saw this actually in the early 2000s. There were a couple of companies um, that did fund all female gaming groups. Like we had the Vixens. Uh, there were a couple others. Um, I think Team Liquid has attempted it even more recently and it's just it's like it, to me it looks like it's just not enough it's not going to be enough of a push and part of the disadvantage that I think we see with girls is that we get into gaming later for the most part like it's not as encouraged of a hobby as kids uh, like I think even with your kids it's actually surprising that um, Abby loves Minecraft as much as she does but in comparison like Dylan's interest was I think much more cultivated and it's just more expected for the boys to be into that sort of thing. Well, it's more expected for the boys to be into that, and particularly in the U.S. culture, you you hand a boy, you know, a video game, like when I was a kid, Doom or Wolfenstein, and that's perfectly acceptable. You don't hand that to a girl because you think that violent video games are, are, are not something girls should be playing. Oh, I didn't even think about that part. Well, you know, um, from my perspective, I I didn't want to play those games, you know? Right. Like I, I really didn't, but I did play um I did play Call of Duty and um the one that starts with an H, not Halo, but um it's like or no, nineteen something. Anyway, another first person shooter. I don't know, it was interesting, like even as a girl growing up, like I was super into Nintendo and I wasn't like mm -hmm. as much the so I'd play a lot of like Zelda or Donkey Mario Kong. Or, yeah. And and it was always really weird the games that other girls would play. Like it was very standout. Like almost all of my girlfriends loved Donkey Kong Country. 
and like or Mario Kart. You know what? I just realized I don't I I played video games, but I don't know of any of my friends that I don't yeah. I don't remember any of my girl friends playing yeah. games. Very few. That's weird. And, and, yeah. and it's also role models in <laughs> video games are, are a huge deficit towards right. towards men. Right. I actually had this discussion with uh with someone I collaborated with, Warhammer Forty K Theories, and he was like, You're right. I, I when I, I asked him I want you to think of some video game personalities that you look at, like actual characters in video games you look up to. And he started naming uh, video game characters. And I said, I'm going to point this out. He went, what? You just named 10 characters and not one of them was female. Yeah. And he had to sit there and think about it. And I went, now name a couple female ones. And he could only name four. Mm, I would be hard pressed to name more than four. And four he named were like Laura Croft and, and uh, Samus Aran. Uh, but yeah. I was like, you, 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 you see the problem. It is. It's yep. not just. It's not just an encouragement where it's quote unquote a boys' club. It's an encouragement to maintain it because you only see male-driven he- heroes in the games. And I begin to like. I have to search for fe- female protagonist games where it's a strong female protagonist who does not need motivations that are strictly considered a quote women-only concern in order to be the strong female protagonist. Yeah, I don't know. Princess Peach can jump pretty high <laughs> in a dress, <laughs> and Samus is awesome and always yeah. has been. Princess Peach can like jump the- pretty high, but the mo- but for instance, the most recent Tomb Raider game, and I might take some flack for this one. Part of the motivation of 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 the Tomb Raider game is to not get raped. Oh, really? There there is a deleted scene from the U.S. version, oh. um, in the not in the one that just came out, in the one that came out two years ago. Why do they gotta do There's that? There's a deleted scene in the U.S. version, but it's in the European version and in, and in the uh, the SE version, where you get basically have a a quick time event that says press to press to avoid being raped, and I just had to go. You've got to be kidding me. That's there, and the thing is, in yeah. the North American version, it's still in the code. You can actually go in and remove the barrier code and put the scene and put the quick time event back in. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and this is something I talk about. My best friend is actually a game designer in the video game industry, and and one of the things we talk about occasionally is like, it's it's such a it's such a we're in such a loop of a catch twenty two where like there aren't women making video games, and there's this perception that women aren't playing video games, which is wrong. These days, like women are participate as much in gaming culture as men, just in different genres. It, it turns out that when we take all of video games, especially when we take mobile games. Women can uh, play more video games than men now, according mm-hmm. to research done by um, San Diego University. Yeah, if you include mobile games and like the Facebook platform stuff, we like w- actually fairly substantially outweigh men. But that's interesting. I don't know. So these are things that I I hope we will change eventually. So well, Fiora, this has been awesome interview. I definitely it's been great to be able to chat about games for once and uh, <laughs> oh kind of one of my fun things um and so if people want to follow you we're gonna have all your links in the show notes um and are you on twitter do you want to do your twitter handle real quick sure uh, my twitter handle is fiora underscore tanks Thank you for listening to this episode of Women's Tech Radio. Remember, you can email us, WTR at jupiterbroadcasting.com or go to jupiterbroadcasting.com and do the show drop down and see the entire back catalog of Women's Tech Radio. You can find us on Twitter at HeyWTR. 
You can also find our show on iTunes or YouTube or anywhere else that podcasts are. And if you've got a sec, we'd love to get a review um, on iTunes and hear what you think about the show. Thanks so much for listening.